I know you guys have been thinking about hope, and um, this morning I just want to speak very briefly about the hope that we find um, in the kingdom of God. And um, I don't know about, um, about you, what you've kind of like thought about last summer. And um, last summer, you know, in the UK, we were all kind of like hearing about all the kind of stuff that was going on at Lakeland, hearing about what kind of like God was doing, the kind of miraculous healings and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was watching God TV and kind of watching a lot of it um, in the UK. And as a church, St. Mary's, we kind of... Um, we kind of thought, you know, God seems to be doing something there. Don't fully understand it. Don't, don't make sense of everything. Really not sure about some of the theology. But God seems to be breaking in and, and, and people are getting healed. And so as a church, we really pressed in um, over the summer, summer weeks. We really pressed into God. We had these extra church meetings. We called them Hungry for God because that was the most original thing we could come up with. And we just kind of pressed into God. And uh, we pressed into God in our services meetings. And over a period of about six, week, we, six weeks, we saw over 50 people healed. And to me, that's really exciting. You know, we saw people healed of degenerative conditions. We saw people healed of back injuries. We saw people healed of ski injuries, kind of car injuries, um, kind of like um, mastitis and kind of Crohn's disease and stuff that, you know, some stuff I'd never even heard of, didn't even know existed. People just got healed. And that was exciting to me. And what are we, my question is, what are we to make of all that? What are we to make of kind of like God healing kind of today and, and some people being healed and some people not being healed. And I understand that, that, you know, this morning, if I speak on healing, there's as, you know, as many people there are that want to get healed about stuff. There's, there's many people here today that, you know, you want God to heal you and you've been praying and asking God to heal you about stuff and it just hasn't been happening. And that's painful. And I understand that. You know, maybe you're someone who's just ambivalent about the whole healing thing. You keep coming to church and you're waiting for God to kind of heal you. You're waiting for God to break through and it doesn't seem to be happening. And, you know, maybe you have conflicting feelings about, you know, what God is doing in the world and what God wants to do. And that's painful. Well, you know, you're not alone. You know, when Jesus came on the earth, when Jesus started doing a new thing, I think his disciples were confused as well. You know, what Jesus called the kingdom of God, what is that all about? Because it seemed to be this new thing that he was doing on this earth. Now, those of you that were astute, and when I came and spoke here 18 months ago, I spoke on the kingdom of God um, on three Sundays. Please don't think I'm going to speak about, it's not the same talk, it's a different talk. You know, I think if Jesus can speak on the kingdom of God for three years, I can do it at least three or four times at River City Church. So if you've got your Bibles, um, turn to Mark chapter 1. I think the words may appear on the screen behind. Mark chapter 1 verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels were ministering to him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And in Luke's parallel account of um, the baptism and the temptation of Jesus, he tells us that after Jesus was baptized and tempted in the desert, that Jesus went out in the power of of the Holy Spirit. And that's Luke 4 verse 14. If you read a little bit earlier um, in Luke's account, G- um, Luke says that at Jesus' baptism, Jesus came up and, he, and the Spirit came upon him and he was full of the Holy Spirit. So, so just before he went out to be tempted, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And then after his temptation, we read that 
He, he came out of the desert time in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it seems to me that there are, those were two different things. That Jesus was, when he was baptized, when he kind of like was affirmed in his, and he was you know, recognized in his divine sonship as the Son of God, that he was full of the Holy Spirit. And yet when he began his ministry, doing the things of, of healing the sick, casting out demons, preaching the gospel, he was operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. It seems to me that those are two very different things, even in Jesus, who is the Son of God. And so, um, so I have this kind of like idea that kind of like from, from, there are many Christians that um, we're just operating being full of the Holy Spirit. We like being full of the Holy Spirit. We know we leak and so we get prayed for and we have to be filled again with the Holy Spirit and all that good stuff. You know, when, when Peter preached um, in Acts 2 at Pentecost, he said, repent and be, and be baptized, every one of you, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so as Christians, we believe that when we become Christians, we have the Holy Spirit, and we're full of the Holy Spirit. But the thing is, we don't seem to operate as much in Christians in the power of the Holy Spirit. And my encouragement today is that all of us, you know, will be a church that will be empowered by the Holy Spirit for the work of the kingdom of God. So after his baptism and temptation... In the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus began to teach. And the things that he did, declaring in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, The time has come. The kingdom of, of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. The time has come. The time is now, Jesus says. He, he's initiating a new set of rules. He's initiating a new way of doing things. The reign of God in the world. He's initiating a new way of thinking. He's initiating a new way of living. A new way of being humanity. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Perhaps a better translation of this verse, and even better than the ESV, which I like a lot, is this. The time has been fulfilled. The time has been fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has approached. And what, what this statement is, it's an indicative statement. The kingdom of God exists now. Here, in your, here where you hear these words, here where you are in my presence, Jesus is saying, the kingdom of God is now. The time is now. In the coming of Jesus... A new kingdom is established where Jesus is king. But what is this kingdom? What is the kingdom of God? Today, the word kingdom, it, it, we kind of like don't, we don't kind of use that vocabulary much nowadays, do we? We don't talk about kingdoms. We talk about countries and nations. But at the time of Jesus, the word kingdom had great significance. King Herod and his contemporaries ruled over kingdoms. It was a defined geographical area where the king had supreme authority over, the, over their subjects. They had authority and power. Now, today we might think of the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom, which gave you your independence. How are you liking your independence? Because we're going to take it back. Anyway, one day. The United Kingdom is a union of four constituent countries, England, Northern Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. And the United Kingdom is governed by a parliamentary system with its seat of government in London. It has a, constitu- a, consti- I can never say this word. a constitutional monarchy with, the Queen, with Queen Elizabeth II as the head of state. It's a geographical area of reign and authority and power. But in contrast to the United Kingdom, the kingdom of God is spiritual geography. It's in the field of spiritual power where Jesus has absolute power and absolute authority. The kingdom of God, quite simply, is this. It's the rule of God, his rule, his kingship, his authority, his power. And that experience can happen 
here on earth today. It's the experience that we can experience today here at River City Church, here in Jacksonville, in Florida, or in London, wherever the kingdom of God is breaking in. It's the reign and the rule and the authority of God. It's, and it's both now and in the future. The now and the yet to come. And having declared that there's a new king and there's a new kingdom being established, a new power and a new authority, Jesus then went on to demonstrate that power. Paul tells us that the kingdom of God is not a kingdom of of talk, but of power. And Jesus immediately validates what he's declared. The kingdom of God is here now, and he demonstrates that his power and his authority. People who are sick are healed. Simon's mother-in-law, a man with leprosy. You know, in the Old Testament, if you, look at, if you were to touch a leper, you would become unclean. But in the New Testament, in the reign of God, in, under the kingdom of God, if you're, if you're someone who is in the kingdom of God and you touch a leper, the leper becomes clean and they can enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus expresses his power and authority over creation. He calms a storm. He walks on water. Evil powers flee. You know, the demonized are set free. Miraculous powers. He feeds the 5,000, the 4,000. He changes water into wine. Now, of course, the ultimate power and authority of Jesus' kingdom is demonstrated at the cross. Where we find forgiveness and reconciliation with the Father. And that's validated through his resurrection. The Father who resurrects the Son in the power of the Spirit. And what we find in all the, the narrative accounts of the Gospels in the life of ministry of Jesus are demonstrations of the kingdom of God at work in the world. Jesus, his whole ministry is interspersed with discussions and dialogues and teachings and conversations, but also demonstrations of the power of God, the kingdom of God at work in the world. And we pray that, don't we? If we say the Lord's Prayer, I've started to get into a habit of praying the Lord's Prayer every day. Um, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. We pray that prayer sometimes, don't we? You might pray that prayer. I pray it. And I'm, an, I'm a good Anglican, um, part, which is a little bit like the Episcopalian church here. And in the, the, the liturgy and the words that we sometimes say um, in, the, in the Anglican church, we add this extra bit of the Lord's Prayer. We say, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever Amen. Do we expect the kingdom of God to come in power? Does it even occur to you that the kingdom of God is at work in the world today? Does it occur to you that God's kingdom wants to break in here today, but not just here in this church, in this worship environment? David Pitches, who's um, a bishop in the Church of England, he says, The worship place is the training ground for the workplace. And uh, we're just going to watch a short clip, which is just a short testimony of a guy from a church in Redding, California, where um, uh, Bill Johnson is the pastor. And this is a guy called Chad, and he's just talking about an account that he he experienced when he went into some kind of little supermarket thing. Well, uh, one night when I uh, was living in Reading, I got off work, working at a restaurant, and like any other 23-year-old, I have a fifth meal and about 10.30 at night, and I uh, went over to a grocery store to go get some donuts. And I was walking in, um, I was passing by the cash register, and this lady was paying for her groceries, and I saw that she had hearing aids, and I thought, 
it's always a green light when you see crutches, people in wheelchairs, hearing aids. Just go up and ask them if you pray for them. So I approached the lady, asked her, hey, can I pray for you really quick? And she's like, oh, that would be nice. And then she starts leaving. I'm like, no, 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 like right now, can I pray for you? And she's like, okay, why not? And I say, hey, why don't you just take out your hearing aids so we can see if God does anything. We'll know, we can see a difference right away. And so she takes out her hearing aids. We begin to pray for her. And the cash register girl, the cashier lady, she's watching the whole thing, you know, unfold. And uh, we begin to pray for her. I said, okay, I'm going to take a couple steps back. You just repeat after me if you could hear me. And so, you know, she's, you know, facing the other direction. And I'm taking steps back like, hello, my name's Chad. My favorite food's pizza and donuts. And she's repeating this. Till I get about 25 feet away and she realized that she has full hearing. She actually has better hearing than the cashier has. And the cashier is like in her late, you know, teens, early 20s. And so she starts crying because her ears opened up. She was 90% deaf in one ear, 80% deaf in the other. And the cashier lady is crying as well. And suddenly, right when that happens, I just feel this wind on the back of my neck. And I get downloaded with all these words of knowledge of what God wants to do in the grocery store. And, you know, I didn't have this. I was just going in there hungry. I didn't have this before. And so I go to the cashier and I say, this is totally God. This isn't me. I mean, God just totally, you know, opened this girl's ears. But God wants to do more in this grocery store. Is it all right if I get on the intercom and just share, you know, and, and uh, call out some words of knowledge? And she's all, yeah. So she shows me how to use it. I say, attention all shoppers. You know, God is in the building. And, uh, and I begin to just tell what God's doing. And I had a lady that got healed. She shared uh, what happened to her. And so I just started calling out words of knowledge. said, come to checkout 10. Uh, people started gathering around, about 20, 25 people. And it was amazing. And this one lady came with a motorized car and said, do you think God could really heal me? And I said, of course God can heal you. He's the healer. So I began to just just explain a little bit about the gospel, about healing, signs and wonders. And then I had the lady that just got healed from her uh, ears pray with me. And I said, this is, you know, Matthew 10, 7 and 8. You know, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the, the sick get healed, the dead get raised, freely received and freely give. And it was her time to, to give away the kingdom when she just received it earlier. So we began to pray uh, together. And she, I asked the lady in the motorized cart, she uh, was getting prayer for her hip. She is going in for a hip replacement surgery. And she moves her hip a little bit and she goes, <gasps> and I was thinking, oh my gosh, like, is she in pain? And I, that's what I'm thinking in my head. And I asked her, what's going on? And she's like, that used to hurt before. And I said, okay, we'll try to do something else. So she gets up. She begins to walk and then go into this little jog. She begins to scream out, Jesus has just healed me. Jesus has just healed me. The whole place goes crazy. They all start like, you know, hooting and hollering. I mean, this isn't like a church. This isn't checkout aisle 10. And this guy in the back starts pushing people. And I'm thinking this guy is coming to like beat me up. He has a problem with this. I don't know. So he, and he's shaking his like fist at me, and he gets up to me, and I'm like getting ready to defend myself. And he says, "My my wrist. I have carpal tunnel in my wrist. I've had them for two years. Will you please pray for me?" And I said, "Of course." And I said, "You know, while I'm praying for you, why don't you just move it around just to see if something you know shifts or changes?" He's moving around. He goes, "Oh my gosh, they're on fire! They're on fire!" I'm like, "Well, that's good. They're, you know, heat's a good thing." And so he's like, oh my gosh, there's no more pain. He starts crying. And he begins to explain to me that he plays the piano, he teaches and he performs, and that's how he makes his money. And he's been in total pain doing this. And now they don't hurt anymore. And he was coming into the grocery store tonight saying, wouldn't it be great if all the pain in my wrist left today? And so I decided, hey, you know, the, the kingdom just showed up. It'd be a good idea to introduce the king. And so I just told everybody, you know, Jesus didn't just die on the cross for these people to get healed, but to have a personal relationship with, with you. 
and that you could uh, be best friends with the creator of the universe. And just gave a real simple gospel message, and I said, who wants that? Who wants to be best friends with the creator of the universe? And people's hands just came up, and I just led them to the Lord, prayed for them, and I walked out on cloud nine for getting my donuts. But it was a fun night. Yeah, I love that clip because I love the honesty. You know, that, to me, kind of Chad didn't go in kind of, um, you know, with loads of words and knowledge. He hadn't kind of planned that thing. He just saw, you know, a lady who had kind of like ear things in, and she, he just thought, well, you know, the compassion of the Lord compels me to do something about that. And he just offered to pray for her, and she was she was healed. And then it just kind of like escalated from there. I love that story. You know, last summer, um, as a church, a bunch of us from St. Mary's went to this kind of family conference called New Wine. And um, again, God kind of like came in power. We saw over 300 people healed in seven days. And that was exciting. And, um, you know, and in fact, this morning, um, Martha and I were praying for someone. Someone had gone over on their ankle. They were in quite a lot of pain from their ankle. And we prayed for this lady. And uh, we prayed a couple of times. And uh, the, the pain went. And she was able to walk. And that's exciting, isn't it? It's exciting when God breaks in. It's exciting when, you know, God demonstrates his power and his authority. And um, my prayer is that the RCC, um, St. Mary's, you know, the church would be a church that seeks to live out the kingdom, not in the church, not here in the walls, you know, the kind of safety of the walls, but we begin to step out in faith, trusting that God is going to deliver because he does. You know, he does deliver. What's the, what's the magic with God? What's the magic with God? Faith is the magic with God. When his people step out and trust him that he is going to do it. You know, when, um, when, G- when, uh, when Jesus was, uh, was talking to his disciples, he said, you know, who do people say that I am? And Peter turns to him and says, you are the son of God. You know, you, you, know, you have the words of eternal life. You are Jesus Christ the Lord. You know, to whom else can we go? And, you know, as I look out in my city, you know, as you look out in your city, you know, Jacksonville needs Jesus Christ to reign. Jacksonville needs the kingdom of God to break in. And who is going to do it? His church. And his church, that's, that when, when, when you walk out these doors, you take the kingdom of God with you. You know, you take Christ with you. You take the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. And you have been given, you have been delegated authority by God to do the things which he himself did. You know, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Read, Mark, read Matthew chapter 10, which Chad quoted, you know, where Jesus sent his disciples out. He sent them out and he said, go into all the world, pre- preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. I want to raise me some dead people. I really do, because I want to see the kingdom of God come in such power that the dead are raised. Because it seems to me that Jesus did it, and he said, you'll do even greater things. I'm, um, when, I, when we were at um, uh, New Wine, um, this summer conference, um, I was, we were, a couple of people gave out kind of like words of knowledge, which is you know, God just, just identifying specific things that he wanted to do in the meeting that time, particularly to do with healing. And I gave this word that there was someone um, in, the, in the room that just kind of like God wanted to, had deafness in their right ear and God wanted to heal them. And a bunch of people came forward and loads of people were being prayed for and being healed and that was great and wonderful. And towards the end of the meeting, I was, um, I was just... Um, uh, 
just kind of like wrapping up with some my, some, my friends, we were going to go back to the kind of little campsite where we were. And um, this, this father came with his son. And he said, he, said, um, he said, would you pray for us? And I said, yeah, sure. He's, and seemingly his son had fallen over on his bike. He'd hurt his ribs. And he was about 14 years old. So I said, yeah, um, well, let's, let's pray for your son. So the father and I prayed for his son. And um, we prayed for just the pain of his stomach. And that seemed to get better. And um, then I just prayed specifically that he would know the father's love. Um, that he would experience the love of the Father for the first time. And kind of like, he started to cry. And it wasn't kind of like a cry of upset. It was a cry of joy. Of, of, and I believe, you know, for, the, but for him, and that 14-year-old boy, it was one of the first times he'd experienced perhaps the love of God the Father. And then I said to, to the dad, I said, I said, what would you like prayer for? He said, well, um, I go to these meetings and, you know, people pray for healing. And, you know, this word was given about kind of like deafness in the right ear. He said, I'm deaf in my left ear. And I just thought, oh, great, you know, because the word was, that was given was kind of like for the right ear. And um, he said, you know, I want to be healed of, the, of, of my left ear. I've got deafness in my left ear. So I said, well, okay. And, he, you know, here's the father demonstrating faith. Here's this man who, you know, even though people had been prayed for and been healed of deafness in the right ear, he's got deafness in his left ear, and he wants, he wants to be healed. So he comes forward and, he, and you know, he's, he's seeking to exercise his faith. So I kind of put my hand on his left ear and just start praying. I say, you know, Lord, I just pray that you'd, you'd heal his left ear. I just speak kind of like hearing to the left ear in Jesus' name. You know, I, I, I'm praying kind of like all the right stuff. And I take my hand off after a bit. And I say, I say, I say how does it feel? He says, the same. I thought, great. This one's not going to happen, is it? So we, we kind of like, we said, well, let's pray some more. So I prayed some more. Again, just invited the Holy Spirit to come, invited the Holy Spirit to pray for, the, to come and bring healing. And I just kind of take, take my hand off. And I said, Lord, just bless him. Lord, just bless him. And he said, what? I said, well, the Lord bless you. He said, I can hear that. I can hear that. So I said, well, how much can you hear? He said, well, about 50%. So we pressed in to pray again that the Lord would heal him. And um, a little bit, you know, he was totally healed. And, you know, I don't fully understand why some people are healed and some people are not healed. But I know that God invites his church to embark and enter into the thing that he's wanting to do and to bring healing and restoration. And some of that is in the church. But, you know, there are so many people outside the church that God wants to heal and restore. And I want to pray um, now that God would set his church alight, that God would give you an excitement and a passion, not just to pray for people here, but to pray for for your work colleagues, to pray for people at college, to pray for people at school, you know, whatever your working environment is, that God would release his healing power and would set his church on fire. So we're going to have ministry now.